Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that the Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. Hello, my friends and listeners everywhere. Those of you who were with us last week, remember we are dealing with some chapters 5 of the New Testament. Last week we looked at John 5 and observed Jesus healing the man who had been sick for a long time and the man who had complained about nobody helping him. But Jesus healed him and he was able to walk away. We're returning to that same chapter 5 for this week because there's so much more there that can challenge our hearts and hold our attention. Let's pray together. You join me wherever you are. Let's expect God, expect God to do some great things through his word and through the prayers of his people. Loving Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you give us a privilege to call you Father. And we say in the name of the Lord Jesus, Hallelujah. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the returning, the prospect of the returning of our Lord Jesus in the midst of our serious sick society, physically sick with COVID and other diseases, morally sick with our pride and pomposity, Lord, sick with our hate and division, we come to you. O God, have mercy upon us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're going to read eight verses from John's Gospel, chapter 5. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, You can't work on the Sabbath. The Lord doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, The man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that, they demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning, or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. In these eight verses that we've just read, I can make a case for believing that we have just read a whole book or that we have traveled a considerable distance because there's so much movement and depth of content in these eight verses of John's Gospel, chapter 5, that I trust that you will read it over and over again on your own time. In the next, well, rather, within this text, rather, is the conjunction, conjunction, but. 
but plays a significant role. So does the word so. Both but and so are conjunctions, and they also play a role in several other parts of speech in the English language. Although they're both connecting words in our text, they bear a different message. One of the beauties of the English language is the versatility of its words, or some other people might say that's why the English language is so confusing. Confusing or not, I must tell you, I love it. Well, <laughs> upon second thought, I have no other reason but to love it because I don't know any other language. But I propose to you that in the text we have read, their intent is crystal clear. The but and the so. So I raise the question, what can we learn from these verses and the exchanges that take place in these verses? A second question might be, how would I have performed under those circumstances? How would I have responded to Jesus or to the people who challenged me afterwards? Looking at verse 8, we see that and hear that Jesus, brushing by the disabled man's fear, he instructs him to take action. Verse 9 tells us that after Jesus said, take up your bed and walk, verse 9 begins, instantly he rolled up his sleeping bat and began to walk. That's an impressive movement. He didn't question. He exercised faith in what Jesus had said. He'd been laying there on that mat day after day, unable to get up. But Jesus said it. And my friend, let me suggest to you, when Jesus issued a, com issued a command, take it, respond. At the risk of over-dramatizing that moment, let me ask, is that not what happens when a lost sinner encounters Jesus and convicted of the Holy Spirit, he or she says yes to Jesus? So then let's take a moment to ask the question, are you still laboring under the load of your sin and doubt? Maybe you don't have a sleeping mat. Maybe you're walking about, but you're burdened down with sin sickness. Are you still laying on your mat, giving authenticity to the fear that you need something else or somebody else to help you? May I ask you to apply the principles of what Jesus and this sick man entered into. My friend, Jesus is passing your way right now. I'm thinking of a woman who wrote to us from her jail cell, and she said, I am tired of running. I'm tired of making the devil run my life. This morning, as I listened to the broadcast, I asked Jesus to take over. Someone tuned into this program is also struggling like that dear lady in her prison cell. Oh, maybe you're not in a prison cell. Maybe you're in a posh office. Maybe you live in a mansion. Maybe you drive a Ferrari. But you are burdened. And you know the devil has caught you in his trap and has you under his sway. My friend, may I encourage you. May I lead you, if I could, by faith to the cross. The Bible speaks of the pleasures of sin and that they last for a season. It may be you are trapped by the pleasures of sin. I understand that. 
The Bible speaks of pleasures of sin. It also speaks of the consequences of a life indulged and controlled by sin. A life without the transforming presence of the Lord Jesus. A life unredeemed and unforgiven. If I could sit by your side and show you from the Bible the amazing grace of God that receives sinners and makes them new creatures in Christ Jesus, I would love to do it. But as you listen to this broadcast today, pretend that I'm sitting right next to you and saying, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. I'm thinking of the old gospel song that invites us, if you're tired of the load of your sin, let Jesus come into your heart. If you desire a new life to begin, let Jesus come into your heart. I recently spoke with the wife of a young man whose life had been ruined by his addiction to alcohol. She pleaded with him to get help, to give it up. And his response was, I love my liquor. I don't want any help. I don't want to tell you the end of that story. But there are people like that today. I hope if I'm talking to somebody like that, you will back off of your high horse. You'll bow low of the cross. Proverbs 14.10 tells me this. There is a man, there's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. So what will it be for you today? There's an old children's song that relates to you right now, whether you're nine or ninety-nine. It's simple. It's a simple song. But Jesus paid great homage to simplicity. He says if you're coming to him, you have to come with the faith of a little child. The little children's song says, I met Jesus at the crossroads where the two ways meet. Satan, too, was standing there, and he said, Come this way. Lots and lots of pleasures I will give to you today. But I said, No, there's Jesus here. Just see what he offers me. Down here, my sins forgiven. Up there, a home in heaven. Praise God. That's the way for me. Is it the way for you? Whether it was the response of a lame man to whom Jesus offered new life and he responded with immediacy, or it is the decision of a little child, the important thing is that you must respond with a sense of urgency. So the first action word in our text today would be immediately. I invite you to make that move, to take that step of faith, you need not wait until the end of my message. Invite Christ into your heart right now. But as I assume, many of you listening are already disciples of Jesus Christ. You're following the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And you may be asking, what are the other action words in the verses that we have read? I point you to the conjunction we have mentioned. It is the word but. It's the word but. It, it's in verse 9. Listen to it again. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So what? We might be inclined to ask. Jesus, the Son of God, had done an amazing miracle on the Sabbath day. He had given a man healing and freedom. That was a good thing. But the religious crowd 
activates our next conjunction. It says, so the Jewish leaders objected. That is the first conjunction. But let's listen to what the religious crowd is saying. You don't have to become a Jesus follower. You don't have to become a Jesus freak. Well, we ask you, why should the religious leaders of all people object? Aren't they supposed to be good people? And many of them are. But my friend, religion is more concerned about towing lines and respecting religious laws and they are about healing and sickness and new birth. Jesus is about healing, sickness and restoring life and making you new in himself. Jesus says, come unto me and I'll give you rest. He says, I will bring you into a life and lifestyle that will make you happy here on earth and secure for all eternity. May I suggest to you that you adopt the response of the sick man. Immediately, he responded. Jesus wants to put some immediacy, immediacy and some urgency into your heart right now. Will you trust him? May I encourage you to take a stand for Jesus? Now, let me be clear. Our walk with Jesus will not win you a popularity contest. It did not for me. It won't for you. But he promises that he'll make it up to you. God give you the grace to surrender all to Jesus Christ today. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.